0: Coming up on this episode of the Mario Rosenstock podcast.
1: The realisation that that's why I do it, not for money or popularity, because it's what I do. Then there was no potential for failure because I can come back now and some people cannot like me. Mm. And some people can like it and some people can say uh, he shouldn't be back. and And that's a position that is, you know, sort of opposed to a kind of a belief that I have that people are inherently good and capable of change Mm. but if you don't want to believe that that's okay Mm. and uh, it doesn't matter I'm I'm just doing it because I like it
0: Well I'm not joking this was genuinely one of the most enjoyable conversations I've had on this podcast series to date which has been going I suppose two and a half years now um, not only is Al Porter a genuinely funny man, but he's also a deeply intelligent fellow, self-aware um, and has a very powerful personal story to tell at such a young age, only um, 30 years of age, I think he is. Al has just come out the other side of an incredibly difficult few years where he was by his own um, uh, doing completely out of the public eye, having been very much in it for many years. But now he's back on tour. He's selling out venues again and he joined me in studio to share his story and tell me about how it feels to be back in action. It was a tremendous conversation. I enjoyed it so much. Al has changed a lot. Um, he was such a larger-than-life character before, but as he admitted himself, it was very much a kind of a persona. Now he is what I would describe as the real Al, the genuine Ali Daly, as they used to say. <laughs> um, he spent a long time working on himself, and um, and it has produced the real Al Porter And a, a real pleasure to be around This is part two of that conversation And just like part one We have a real treat in store for you In this episode
1: Do you know one year I won The first and last ever IFTA Rising Star Award And when they <laughs> gave it to me They said The next five years of this person's life Are going to be life changing <laughs> <laughs> And they were right I remember meeting a therapist who said to me, uh, so tell me, you know, what's going on in your life? And I said, uh, well, I'm unemployed. My boyfriend's unemployed. Both his parents have cancer. My manager in England just died and I'm a national pariah. And he said, well, there's always going to be challenges in your life. (laughs) Fuck off. I love it. Fuck off. I don't have to do them all at once, you know. And you had to deal with the stick, and the stick was funny. You know, there used to be a delivery guy who'd come in. He thought he was hilarious. <laughs> he'd come in and he'd go, where's Barrymore? Where's Barrymore? <laughs> here. here, Barrymore, come over here. i have a good one for you. And I'm going, oh, Jesus, you know.
0: That's all coming up in just a couple of minutes' time. And by the way, if you haven't heard it yet, you should definitely check out part one. Just scroll back and uh, click on part one. Um, you'll get a lot more out of this conversation as a result. This week's comedy is all concerning, well, there's so many big stories this week. A lot of them are depressing and it's hard to um, make light of some of those stories. I think you know what I'm talking about myself, yourself. Um, but there is one story that's uh, a kind of a, another dominator in the news and that is Bruce Springsteen is back again. Bruce Springsteen is back again. Tickets are expensive and we go live now to, to Leopardstown to join Des Scalhal. For uh, the first race of today Des, over to you Thanks Mario They're coming into line for the Could you be really arsed To go to Bruce Springsteen Handicap hurdle Just waiting for them to Oh and they're off now They're off, that's a quick start In the Bruce Springsteen Could you be really arsed And first to show is He's back again He's back again Followed by Wasn't he here last May Wasn't he here last May He's back again This is followed by Man of the People getting into the action now. Man of the People. Man of the People. Wasn't he here last year? Um, Have you seen the price of tickets? Trying to get into it. Have you seen the price of tickets? He's back again. Christ on a bike. Have you seen the price of tickets? Christ on a bike. Side by side. Have you seen the price of tickets? Christ on a bike. Extortionate trying to get into it. Extortionate. Christ on a bike. Have you seen the price of tickets? I'm not paying that. Here comes, I'm not paying that. Ticketmaster website crashed, Ticket maxed our website, crashed Christ on a bike, extortionate. Have you seen the price of tickets? Man of the people, here comes peer pressure. Peer pressure now. Hotels are gone now. Here comes hotels are gone now. Peer pressure. We have to go trying to get into it. We have to go trying to get into it. Standing tickets, standing tickets, 140 euro. Tickets are gone. Peer pressure. We have to go. We have to go. Tickets are gone. 140 euro. Beans on toast for me. Beans on toast for me, gets it. Beans on toast for me, and we're all off in the Bruce Springsteen, could you be really arsed, handicapped steaks. See you there. Wow, what a close one that was. Beans on toast for all of us, I think, if we want to see Bruce Springsteen, even standing um, room only. And that, of course, is comedy on the Mario Rosenstock um, podcast, exclusive to the Mario Rosenstock podcast, every week to you, my loyal listeners. And please, if you are a loyal listener, all I ask, I don't ask for money. I don't ask you to pay. Um, it's free. Um, all I ask is that you tell one other person, maybe a friend that you like, maybe a friend that wouldn't normally listen to something like this, say, I think you might like this podcast. Have a listen. I ask you to do that. You can also get in touch with me, Mario Rosenstock at gmail.com, and I'm all, all on all the socials, um, Gift Grub Mario on Twitter, etc. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. So we left part one of my chat with Al Porter at the point where he had a powerful moment of self-realization. It was that actual moment that I think is one of the most um, powerful moments of this podcast series. Um, and I'd like m- as many people to hear it as possible. Um, he'd been drinking a lot and all the rest. And once he gave it all up, he suddenly met himself again. He met himself um, I suppose, the 16-year-old Al Porter or the 17-year-old Al Porter before the whirlwind of fame became kind of out of control. He saw the real Al in the mirror, whom he hadn't met in a long, long time. So let's just pick that story back up there and hear what happened after that significant moment.
1: What I was thinking was, uh, was I brilliant? Was it good enough? Uh, Am I going to get to do the three arena myself next year? You're, You're living for the future and and also doing so many things as I said, you're bouncing from one thing to the next, and you're drinking at them, and you're not really. When I gave everything up, God, it was a painful shock to meet myself, as if I had disappeared, aged nineteen, and reemerged, aged twenty-seven, and gone. Oh my God, here you are. It's me. It's it's Alan Kavanagh. Here I am. Holy crap. We're alive. We're here. And we can... We don't have to do comedy. We don't have to be famous. We don't... Uh, you're just... Al, what are you interested in? Why aren't you watching films anymore? <laughs> what kind of music do you like? Where are your friends? What have you done this year? Like... What's your life? And then... I could start. And then when I knew the same boy who had gotten 10 A's in the junior cert and what a joy. And I was like, I'm such a swat. I'm amazing. And the same guy who got the scholarship to Trinity. uh, This was me. He was the guy who had tried his hand at comedy and it had gone well, but it had gone all wrong. And he'd made some mistakes. And here he was. And life had gotten quite out of control. But he was here, and and there's time to change it if I just was willing to start living, and there's a thing they talk about in philosophy where uh, I think there must be a Latin to it. I don't. I forget. As you might know, it. um, love your faith. To learn to love your faith and say this is what I needed. Then, without that rejection and that denial of your life, you say, okay, it is hard. It is suffering. But this is what I needed. This is going to forge me into the person I can be. I am good. There is still good in me. I'm still the kid, the teenager. The world. I, can do, I can do this. Other people's opinion of me, that's not me. I can show them who I am. And at the end of the day, it's not about showing them. It's about showing me. Uh, love your faith. Suddenly I went, I, I have an opportunity here. You know, this, this is real. It's not going away. But it doesn't mean I can do nothing, mm. just because it's not what I wanted, yeah. just because it does, just because it doesn't suit me.
0: I don't think it's a truism to suggest that, you know, you by 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 choices you made, which and things that happened to you, which weren't by your choice, but which you, and you know, you 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 you. Engen- I was the catalyst. You were the catalyst. You engendered. You've actually fast tracked a kind of a a kind of a path to some form of self-realization, self-knowledge that other people um, never um, achieve because uh, they never meet themselves. Mm. As you met yourself for warts and all, you finally mm. met yourself. Mm. And some people never meet themselves. So as I was going to suggest to you earlier on, because I, I thought about it, that this, this will ultimately be the key for you. Mm. This will be the key because it won't be the key to... Be your sliding doors moment where your life was going in one way, and now your life oh. will go another way. It'll be the key to your power. Yeah, it'll be the key to your strength, and it will last forever. Yeah, and you will always have the strength because you will use this for good for other people, and you'll be you will be good to other people, and most critically, you will be good to yourself.
1: Yeah, please God. And I think uh, that is since that day, since the moment of uh, everything has improved. You know, and I decided I had. I thought long and hard. Why would you do as say stand up comedy? And I thought, well, because uh, because I have to, because I want to, because it is my passion. Passion, obviously, coming from the word for suffering. So you know, and and and, so I did it, regardless of the potential for failure, because it wasn't about succeeding yep. then. It, you know, it's hard to try something if you're afraid it's going to fail. Um, Whereas when I stood up this time last year, when I did 10 minutes in the Dragon Inn in Tala Village, and I finally just got up, I'd been getting sick in the toilet, nervous and everything, but I said, I want to do this because I like to make people laugh. Yeah. And it's there's a lot of investigative stuff goes on in uh, uh, interviews about the psyche of the comic and people talk about, you know, why do they want to make people laugh and the need for validation and all that. But ask anybody who knew me since I was a kid and, you know, before you're, you're, you're too young to have developed some sort of pathology, you know, I loved to make people laugh. Yeah. It's, it's in my blood. Mm. It's, it, that's a cliche, but it is. When I was baptised, apparently, I was the only baby that just broke his shit laughing. <laughs> All the other ones cried and I just broke my shit laughing. And mm. my mum said the whole church laughed. The Mm. day you were baptised because you were the last baby up Mm. and all the babies had cried and you couldn't stop laughing and the whole church Mm. laughed. Mm. And I remember being six and standing up in the yard in school and in our yard it was like from junior infants up to like third class. It was quite a mixed yard, massive school. And uh, I stood up on the decking and started pretending to be a carrot and a potato in a duologue with each other that I'd kind of Mm. done an improv in drama class. Nobody asked me to Uh, and I had five people sit down, six people sit down. And it sounds like something from a movie, but this is burned into my memory. Everybody sat down. The bells rang, but the teachers let me finish. 20 minutes later, I always went over time, even then. And uh, and then everybody applauded at the end. And, and I was the kid that was carted around to read his poems that he had come up with. And I used to write poems and plays and all that. I've been doing this my whole life. And the, the rediscovery that I do it because it's what I do. It's just what I do. Mm. Um, It's what makes you come alive. Yeah. And so the realisation that that's why I do it, not for money or popularity, then there was no potential for failure because I can come back now and some people can not like me mm. and some people can like it and some people can say uh, he shouldn't be back and 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 that's a, that's a position that is, you know, sort of opposed to a kind of a belief that I have that people are inherently good and capable of change. Mm. But if you don't want to believe that, that's okay. Mm. And uh, it doesn't matter. I'm, only, I'm just doing it because I like it. So when I wasn't depressed I did have the odd real job and uh, I worked as a technician in the pantomime uh, in the Olympia and I would be down the back doing a sound nice. uh, along with a great sound man called Terry Heron yeah. and uh, at first it was difficult because I wrote the lines yeah. and uh, I wasn't directing at the time Simon Delaney was his yeah. fantastic director actually yeah. brilliant and uh, but you're watching another guy do your part you yeah. know you're going that's my part you know and, and he's getting the laughs and yes. and you're pressing Q lab and you go next cue next mm-hmm. cue and you know turning up the fader and down the fader mm-hmm. but I wanted to be in the theatre and I needed the money mm-hmm. so I did theatre crew on things and and uh, eventually I ended up loving it. And and even when last year I directed the panto, I still did crew because I went, sure, I'm going to be there anyway. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go in as the director yeah. anyway, so I'm going to stay and do crew. And uh, so I did that. But I did an even more normal job than that. I used to do warehouse work. And that was, uh, I loved it. I just, I just adored it. I, you, it was, we played music, we were packing away drink. And, uh, and it's funny because I was still drinking like a madman at the time. But my dad would say to people, they go, how's Alan? And he'd go, oh, he's packing in the drink. And they all thought I'd given it up. <laughs> so then they'd see me and go, uh, I don't think so.
0: When you said packing in the drink.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. At the odd drink order used to go missing every now and then. No, it was a really good, uh, I can't tell you the name. It was a really good Uh, uh, drinks distributed like off-license type thing and you know some celebrities put in some savage orders at Christmas yeah because I'm packing it up I'm going I used to like interview you on the radio and now I'm like oh having a lot plenty of vodka this week I see you know plenty and packing it away I really liked it the people I worked with were lovely and I was in the back room and it was just nice to have routine uh, uh, to get up go somewhere and and to feel valued to feel of value that I could do something, I wasn't useless. I could do something as a part of the team, and I could do a good job. And uh, and you had to deal with the stick, and the stick was funny. You know, there used to be a delivery guy who'd come in. He thought he was hilarious. <laughs> he'd come in and he'd go, "Where's Barrymore? Where's Barrymore? Where? <laughs> here Barrymore come over here have a good one for you I'm going oh Jesus you know and uh, anytime you said anything funny you yeah. know uh, somebody would say oh you're not on stage now yeah. oh you're yeah. not on stage yeah. now and I go we'll see yeah. we'll see but yeah. I really I really liked it actually yeah. and uh, but that humour
0: uh, where's Barrymore and everything yeah. I mean that would give you faith almost yeah. you know that they're willing to
1: Oh yeah I mean yeah. one of the lads in the pub said, are you nervous about going back on stage and I said this is last year mm. but he knew I was coming up in the Dragon Inn mm. and I said uh, I am actually he goes ah oh, don't be worrying it'll all come back to you and one, he's fairly rough kind of fella mm. you know? he said hey, once you're on there it'll all come flooding back to you. it's just like stealing a bike mm. and <laughs> I said uh, riding and he mm. goes nah I wouldn't mention riding if I were you uh, <laughs> That's excellent. Just great. That uh, is I, fantastic. Can, he sets you up for the punchline. Oh consulate. yeah. Oh yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean and so people like people are, are good like that. Mm. And you have to be willing to take the stick and take the bit of crack, mm. you know? Mm. And um mm. and so yeah, I liked working the the normal jobs and and it's kind of a goal of mine. Uh, we'll see how the stand up goes. Mm. I would like to be doing uh, something else uh, as well. What about the panto?
0: What about the panto? I mean, can you do, do? you want to do the panto again?
1: Oh, I'm writing it and mm-hmm. directing it. What about um, starring in it? Simon's too busy. And uh, I mean, you were a fantastic
0: it, dame. I loved you. You even called my name it. out one night. I went into the I went into the, the 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 box with with the with the family, and they're there at the end of the panto, and he's there with his and Mario Rosenstock.
1: <laughs> there he is up there in the box. Great, come hi, Mario. And I must have been the youngest dame You were Ever You were uh, Because I was the panto dame from 14 Because the pa- I, I was in You know I did shows when I was a kid
0: Yes You were in one of them with me So
1: I was in ikeena with Mario mm. And uh, He played
0: I, a young Robbie Keane Cartwheeling around the stage You were
1: so funny You were just brilliant And and I, I, I envied you And I remember watching you And thinking that's amazing I don't know if you remember A rehearsal we did In a church Yes In Harold's Cross Yes And uh, The Damer Hall or uh, something Yeah And Richard Cooper mm. um, Who people remember from Apres Match yes. fame He's a fantastic actor And yes. Richard Had swapped with Desi Gallagher Yes uh, Desi was now playing McCarthy. Yes R- Richard originally yes. And uh, Gary Cook Who people know Dunphy Was uh, sick for rehearsals hmm. and Peter Sheridan is directing this And Peter's kind of dryly reading in Gary's lines and do you remember this I'm 10 years old and I go Peter Peter, excuse me Peter Peter um, can I read in for Gary and I got up and did Dumphy with you in the rehearsal oh. room and it was, you know, and it was the gayest Dumphy But <laughs> any, this 10 year old kid and I was like behind you and I was going, baby, baby, it's yeah. going to be okay. Listen, listen, honey, baby, yeah. it's all right, it's all right, Kino, baby, come on. Yeah. And it was ridiculous yeah. and Peter and everybody was going, Breida uh, Cash is it? Yeah, Breda? Cash, yeah. Going, who is this child yeah, yeah. you know and uh, and Ikeena was an incredible experience to watch you guys work and get those laughs every single day two things I remember about it was one was it was the first and last time I ever missed a cue because I was in the green room uh, and Paul who works in the Olympia I thought he was ironically now that I look back on the name about to say Kevin Spacey and <laughs> at the time you'd be very excited to see Kevin Spacey obviously now yeah. people can have their own opinion oh, I know. but I see Paul and I'm a kid and I've just seen Beyond the Sea where Kevin Spacey played Bobby Darren, and I was obsessed with this movie my mom and I went to it three times together you know there's a kid in the film he dances with Kevin Spacey at the end and I, I want to be that kid And I'm talking to Spacey and go, Mr. So I'm talking to Paul, who works in the Olympia, and talks that. And I'm going, Mr. Spacey, in your next movie, could I be on? And I missed my scene. (laughs) You You had to do the whole scene without me. And Gary Cook wouldn't look at me for days. And it it was a great lesson. It was a great lesson. And another time uh, in the second run of the show, we had these torches. Yeah with real fire in them and I remember walking out on stage and I'd never seen something like this before because you're only a kid so you and Gary are on stage and then uh, I trip a little bit and whatever happened like a little uh, you know ball of fire came out of the torch into the second row like this cinder went onto some woman's jacket Jesus. in the second row, to the point that there is a, a bit of smoke. You can kind of yeah. smell it in the second row, the fabric going on fire. And uh, I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is dreadful. And you just said, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. We said no smoking in the <laughs> theatre. And I thought, this is... And you brought a big applause for yeah. you for the improv. Oh, God. And I thought, oh, my God, he, he can be funny. Without the lines yeah. you know without yeah, the yeah. script mm. so I, I started doing pantos then I did and then I did Panto when I was 14 I was the dame and I stayed on doing that until I was 24 so I was a dame for 10 years um, That's right and They asked me to go back into it There, there were two things this year there were two things I kind of felt about that one was I wouldn't displace the person who currently plays the Dame McLean Burke because I think he's brilliant and he does it different than me so I said we'd have to make McLean a new McLean plays Damien in Fair City doesn't yeah, he mm, yeah mm. And, I, and so he's our Panto Dame-O yeah. but uh, <laughs> I thought it would be uh, listen he's brilliant at yeah. it and I thought also one thing that I'm I'm trying to he
0: does the best pissed off face in Irish oh so yeah it's just like uh, you know he's like Fuck's sake. Would you ever leave me alone, would you?
1: Would you ever fucking leave it?
0: He's great at saying, leave it.
1: Yeah. Just leave it, will you? Just leave it. Just, just leave fucking it, will
0: leave it. <laughs> you do it perfectly. Just leave it. Just. And then he has a sad one as well where he just goes, just leave it, will you? <laughs> where he's kind of resigned. <laughs>
1: And you wouldn't believe he's got him. an aggressive
0: one, and he's got um, a. <laughs> it's the A to A to B of emotions. Like
1: oh, that. you wouldn't believe it, A to B. I Sorry, you wouldn't believe it. Panto is C. Yeah, yes, yeah, A to C. Uh, he's great in it. You know, oh, he's brilliant. And you. also, I think there's no point in in repeating the past. You know, repetition. That's something that has been, I think, a healthy attitude for me uh, this year. And oh and yeah. in general, is is going. You know. It's not all about trying so there to isn't the, grab back what back. you had. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, wait, oh I, I had a radio show, so I need one again. Yes. Or I had a ba- yes. so No, you're doing something different now. Again,
0: you're frightening me with your, um, your maturity. So, so, so they, they said, "What still, still twenty it. years younger than me." <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's still I'll, a child. I'll be dead by he's thirty-five. He's still a child,
0: and he's just he's teaching me all these life lessons.
1: <laughs> I'm going to die young. I have I'm such boring a die to young.
0: De- I'm boring people to death every week. Going, <laughs> I'm thinking of taking some therapy. And then I, this fella comes ah. on and he's fucking fixed. Ah. And I, oh. I really think I've, I'm making progress oh, this Oh, Mario.
1: Therapy I, is so funny. I
0: really think I'm making progress, but yeah. I think I still need therapy. <laughs>
1: he comes on, 20 years younger, Fixed. Therapy is mad. I remember meeting a therapist who said to me, uh, uh, you know, somebody suggests I go to a therapist, a, a new one. And he said, um, so tell me, you know, what's going on in your life? And I said, uh, well, I'm unemployed. My boyfriend's unemployed. Both his parents have cancer. My manager in England just died and I'm a national pariah. And he said, well, there's always going to be challenges in your life ah fuck I off love I love it fuck off I don't have to do them all at once you know right. yeah the yeah. parents are fine the boyfriend's parents are what fine what I liked is
0: that you had your almost Wikipedia entry off, off uh, oh yeah off, off, off yeah path. yeah
1: yeah well actually somebody changed my Wikipedia I don't touch my Wikipedia it's, yeah. it has none of my it has none of my stats down you know it says I, <laughs> under awards I saw it one time it says nominated for a VIP style award and I'm Great. like I have won other yeah. awards I actually saw your penis In Wikipedia But that's another matter Sorry <laughs> But do you know One year I won uh, The IFTA The first And last ever IFTA Rising Star Award <laughs> And when they gave it to me They said The next five years Of this person's life Are going to be Life-changing <laughs> And they were right. <laughs> oh, and they never did the award again. Yeah. I knew people that went to the IFTAs the next year because by the next year, I was gone. Yeah. And uh, they went, they couldn't do it. Yeah. They couldn't do it. This year's award, last year's recipient was Al Porter. It'd be like fucking hot potato. Go, You take it, you take it. I've tried to sell it. Nobody wants it. Yeah. I put it on eBay. Nobody I, wants okay. it. Can I just say, you've been one
0: of the most entertaining
1: podcast guests
0: I've ever had. Oh, that's good. And I've had some... Really big names Jesus And I've had some really great conversations And I think you're one of the most entertaining guests And I have no problem saying that before You know I I kind of reached a stage in my life where I've grown much, much better at listening Mm. So no matter who's on I'm listening Mm. And I've listened to everything you've said And you have been such, such Good value Listening to you talking I am cheap Cheap? But you said it wasn't about the money anymore. No, it's
1: not about the money anymore.
0: And you've been such good value. Great. And I'm really, really excited for what's in front of you. What's great. What's in store for you. No, really thanks. excited.
1: Tell me about Vicker Street. There are going to be two Vicker Streets. The second one is already, it's almost sold out. And, and that's great. When is the second are, one? That's in March. All
0: right, what date? Um March 23rd. March 23rd. Yeah. Al Porter in Vicker Street.
1: But I can't wait, Mario. I think people will be surprised by the show. You know, because they wonder what it's about. And uh, when I was younger, like, there was no life experience, really. So you're 22, 23. What can you talk about? One night stands and mad holidays. And, Hmm. you know, that's it. Hmm. Whereas now I've been able to kind of conjure up in this one show a picture of my life over the last six years. Everything from being in a long-term relationship which is much more relatable. You know, gay or straight, it's mm. much more relatable to be I'm seven years with my partner than to be you know, I'm young and gay and, and wild. Mm. That Only a portion of the audience gets that. Everybody gets the long-term relationship and the in-laws and the fact that they are a different kind of social strata than where I came yes, from. Yes, your boyfriend because is poshist. Yeah, they're yes. the di- He's a poshist. Yeah. <laughs> <Is> <laughs> he's is a poshist, yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, I did. Po- <laughs> did you not know that word?
0: <laughs> no. Oh, well, you see, we live in a modern world now, Al. Um, you see, there's pacifists, right? It's capitalists. Poshists. Oh brilliant. Poshists aren't necessarily capitalists or uh, they're just poshists yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, oh, go brilliant. on. Oh, so brilliant! and there
1: is there yeah and there's there's a very fun light stuff that comes from that, you know. I mean even the other day. And this it just goes straight into the show yeah. if I like it. Yeah. The other day. How I, are you dressed? Well, I'm dressed in a... Uh, a fuck-off pink suit and an inflatable dick. No, I come out naked. I uh, <laughs> I come out naked and I say, I've learned nothing and then we move on. <laughs> Give me five minutes there, and then the change. That's the start so of the show. Come, so do you come out in a pair of just a normal suit? Uh, no, I wear a... Actually, it's a good question because I was wondering what to wear. Mm. And uh, I wear a uh, either uh, an all-black uh, suit and a black shirt Uh, Or I wear an all-navy suit and a navy shirt. Mm. And the reason for that, actually, it's interesting the kind of psychology in it is that I never was a t-shirt and jeans comedian because I'm not a t-shirt and jeans person. So it didn't make sense. Uh, That would be a costume for me. But people kind of imagine you they, they remember a version of you that didn't exist. Mm. So I've had people say to me, and it, maybe it's a testament to the the marketing I did back then, but uh, people say, oh Jesus, I remember when you were on the Late Late and you were in a pink suit mm. and do you remember you started kissing Tuberty mm. and you were licking his face mm. and then you got your willy out and it was too much for the Late Late. But go, that never happened. Mm. You know, but this is a total fabrication, mm. but a version of Al Porter, the kind of imagined mm. version of you. Mm. So... I thought, look, if I go back on stage and I'm wearing the pink tie and the blue suit, I feel like I'm dressing up as me years ago. Yeah. And actually, uh, uh, I didn't really quite know what to wear for a act. while. Yeah. yeah. I did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a bit weird. Yeah. a bit eerie. Dead you know? Zeppelin. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I didn't know what to wear, and then I was watching a Jackie Mason uh, DVD. And uh, the great Jewish comedian Jackie Mason, and Jackie is in. Hey, Aunt, what are you going to do? Oh, it's fantastic. Hey, hey, fantastic. I mean, the hey, thing about Jackie's hey, pattern. Hey, a cup of coffee. Hey, the, the career is over. The okay. wonderful thing. Hey, hey, Ant, come back. Jackie Did has a wonderful opening voice line. The do you remember the the, the wonderful opening line Ooh. where Jackie Mason walks out and he says, uh, "You know, uh, I, I want you to know right off the bat, the show can't be for everybody. Not everybody is for everybody. You know, uh, look at my girlfriend, for instance. To me, my girlfriend, she's the most interesting, wonderful, amazing girl in the world. But to my wife." <laughs> <laughs> It's such a nice little life ah, Brilliant, and, uh, brilliant. He, I, th- I
0: always thought he was the um, The um, the Aardvark In The Ant and the Artwork. I, like, hey, I think he is Is he? Hey Ant yeah. Come back You'll never catch me Hey Ant yeah. Come back
1: We're showing our age here now The Ant and the Aardvark Yeah I remember pink seeing Pink panther <laughs> We're showing pink our age Pink panther I, You yeah. were the pink panther ha, I was the pink panther You're the pink panther You fucker So I'm in the All Navy and, uh, and my shows the, 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 Here's a strand That we could use I'm in the blue suit, bit Jackie Mason esque. It's kind of like being a French mime, where you can just use your your face. But people kind of hone in more on you, mm. and they fo- they they kind of you're not so much of a character anymore. They focus on on you and what you're doing. And there is, I can't help myself. The other comedians were slagging me last night, and they were going, "Do you want to just say mass and get it over with?" Religion is this, uh, it's this monkey on my back. It is, it's this obsession. Um, there there is a strong religious. theme or motif in the show and it's not intentional but every show I've ever done that's happened. My first ever Vicar Street uh, and and, and first ever comedy show tour Al Porter is Yours when I was 21 Mm -hmm. Uh, the end of the show was hymns done as swing numbers. Mm. So I used to do, you know, he is Lord, uh, he mm. is Lord, mm. you know, he is risen, you know, yeah. every knee shall ba every tongue, da-da-da-da, all this. Mm. Uh, and it was all the communion I used to hand out. How how ridiculous is this now when you're a kid? Handing out uh, uh, bread to the, oh, unsanctified obviously, mm. bread to the front row of the audience, and it was outrageous. Mm. But religion was came up quite a lot. My second show, Al Porter at Large, that was nominated for the Edinburgh Comedy Award and that was such a big thing. The end of the show was singing uh, uh, Smokey's Alice, you know, Who the Fuck is Alice, yeah. as a hymn. And it was uh, Jesus, Who the Fuck is Jesus. Mm. And now this time again, uh, and I won't give away the reason why in the show, but I, I actually over the years have kind of uh, come back to my faith. I, I was always... Fairly religious, and then I kind of went through my wandering period, and now I would be kind of come back to it as a bit of an anchor. So I thought, I'm not going to, you know, include it in the show. I thought I'm not going to like take the piss out of something when now I can kind of see the emotional, spiritual kind of value of it, and uh, and then something happened in my life. Uh, where a a gift of a little angel was given to me by my neighbours. I suppose I'll do this as a little teaser. It won't give away the show. And it became the kernel of the idea for the entire show. Mm. So when I was at my lowest ebb, uh, my neighbours, Kevin and Annette, gave me this little angel pin. And they said, uh, we prayed to this when we were doing IVF. And we think you should pray to it now. Mm. And you should have it. And I took it and I went into my house. And this was a really low time in my life. And I said, ma'am, you know, Kevin and Annette gave me this angel, you know. She said, oh, that's really nice. They're such lovely people. I said, yeah. She goes, it's a pity they never had any children. <laughs> 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 and I'm looking at this going, what the fuck? Why would you give somebody your dud angel? Yeah. Imagine like giving. I go, I, they just wanted I to get it out of the house. I know. Yeah. It was in my house for two weeks and the pipes burst. That's-
0: that's the second time in this interview that you've given me a line which I think you know, that comes from your mother. Oh, yeah. First one is brilliant. You know, yeah. the one, well, it didn't come from your mother. It came from yeah. a, a neighbor of your mother's. The, oh, he's up, he's there, up somewhere. there somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, my mum my dad. I thought a reviewer, I mean, not that you shouldn't really pay attention to your notices, good or bad, but I thought a reviewer. Uh, did capture one part of the show quite well when they reviewed it when it went to Edinburgh this year. Um, and it was a big thing to go to Edinburgh and put myself back out there with all the comedians at the biggest festival where people kind of thought, oh, he'll never, he'll never play here again. And I did. And it was fine. And it was fun. And a reviewer said he conjures up a Greek chorus of neighbours and family and friends and characters who rally round in a time of desperation, and say the wrong thing. <laughs> it's very true. That's yeah. the show.
0: Well, That's great, Al. I've really, really, I cannot tell you how much I've enjoyed this conversation. You're, you're, you've grown into a fine young man.
1: No, oh, thanks, Mario. Um, I appreciate that,
0: and I hope I see a lot more of you. Um, Thank because you. Because it's funny. Well, you when can you were Google here, it when you <laughs> when you were here. It's funny enough. I think you were going through your as well. You were going through your um. That thing that a lot of us go through, which which is that thing you mentioned earlier on of, oh, I really wish other people would just like me and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Because sometimes you were you 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 were on such a whirl, yeah. whirl whirlwind. You were some a little bit standoffish at times. Yeah. Funnily enough, yeah. And um, I know. And. Uh, but listen I, I hope I see a lot more of you And I think you, 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 you're, you're, you're on a fantastic track And really really entertaining And thank you for that No thank uh, because you Because it's such an interesting conversation And yeah. I rarely say that When I'm after a com- I rarely say that About a conversation yeah. That I've just had Yeah, yeah. Um, And But I really believe that Thank you Al No thank you Mario Mind yourself mm. Amazing story Thank you to Al Go to see him on tour alporter.ie By the way I just recorded a brilliant chat with Pascal Donoghue the Minister for Finance and now the Minister of Public Expenditure um, and of course a major character in Gift Grub and it's nothing like you've heard before Check back in very soon for that one Take it easy